0: This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. Or online, anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. Well, we've been talking about miraculous power. Really, that miraculous power is released when we are united. And I have a few passages, hopefully, that will just bring some clarity to that and hopefully uh, enable us to engage in God's power, his miraculous power. It's not something that God opposes to send our way. He wants his miraculous power to flow to and through us, genuinely. Well, this is, I think, part three, and... uh, Every time I think I've shared along this line, I've started or somewhere close by there read this verse. And I want to read it one more time. I read this verse here or share this verse at least once or twice or three times a week. Whether it's Susan and I when we're on the mountain to pray, or whether we're praying with somebody else or encouraging somebody else in regards to prayer. But listen to what it says here and I'm reading to you out of the Amplified Bible on this particular verse, and it says in Matthew 18, 19, Jesus is talking and he says, Again, I tell you if, and this shows you that it's conditional. When you got an if, if you do this, that's going to happen. If you don't do that, well, that ain't going to happen. But he says, Again, I tell you if, two of you you know two of you agree on earth if two of you on earth you agree you harmonize together to together you make a symphony about anything and everything whatever they shall ask and we're talking about prayer jesus here Is saying that if if two of you will pray together, this is what we refer to as a prayer of agreement. Jesus says, if two of you on earth agree about anything and everything, whatever, that's 100%, whatever they shall ask, it will come to pass and be done for them who are in agreement, by my Father in heaven. And then in verse 20, he says, For wherever two or three are gathered, drawn together as my followers in my name, there I am in the midst of them. I don't know if you are keenly aware of this or not. But Jesus is in our midst right this moment. He is genuinely here. He sees you. He hears you. He knows what you're thinking. He knows what's on your mind. He knows what you've been through. He knows what you're going to face tomorrow or later on today. He's here right now. And he is the one, I mean, you know, these passages, you get to the place where you can quote them, but sometimes it's Good to read them, so your eyes are seeing it, while your ear is hearing it, while your heart is reciting it. Listen, I got to read it one more time. Matthew eighteen nineteen, the amplified again. Jesus says, "I tell you, all you guys who are joining us online, this is relevant to you." He says again, "I tell." You. If two of you on earth agree about anything, you harmonize together, together you make a symphony about anything and everything, whatever they or you shall ask, it will come to pass. In case you don't understand, it will come to pass. And be done for them, for you. Jesus says, by my Father in heaven. And I don't know if if you really, really, really have tried it. But I'm going to challenge you for the day it's over. Try it. Get somebody who is a believer like you are. You know the word. You're praying the word. And you get together and you pray about something that's going on in your life. And you, you pray in faith. You You come with full expectation that God's going to do everything he promises he's going to do. And you come to him and you put it to the test. Try it. What do we have to lose? What do we have to gain? Miracles taking place in our lives. And he says it will come to pass. So the moment you say amen, if it don't rush in and knock you over that moment, don't begin to doubt God's on the move he's doing things he's working in people's lives and he's not going to violate their will but he will orchestrate circumstances where if you're praying for someone's salvation they will come to know Christ they they will come to know Christ you just be positive and you just believe that he's going to bring it to pass as he said he would he said it will be done by my father who is in heaven now He picks up, uh, we pick up here in Psalms 133, verse 1. And I'm going to read this to you out of the King James Bible. It says, behold, and that means to stop and take notice. Behold, stop and take notice. This is very, 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 very important. Behold, stop and take notice behold oh wow look stop take notice that's what he's saying here behold how good and how pleasant now this word how this word how it 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 means that this this is immeasurable it is unmeasurable you cannot measure. There's not a yardstick. There's not a tape measure. There is not a laser measurement. There is no scientific method. Although we can measure how far it is from here to Mercury or Pluto, we cannot measure what we're getting ready to talk to you about. And where it says, behold, how good. Now, you, probably, you guys probably don't remember some of these things here. But that word how there uh, I, I used to hear that when I was a young feller. So probably a lot of you don't know this. But there was a guy by the name of Jackie Gleason years and years ago. Anybody ever heard of Jackie Gleason? You guys are old. <laughs> what did Jackie Gleason say? How sweet it is. Sweet it is. He's saying It's sweeter than anything we can possibly measure. And he didn't say, well, this is like 10 times sweeter than a Hershey bar. He says, how sweet it is. And that was the whole concept. It's unmeasurable. This word, how. And it says here in the Bible, behold, how. How good it is. And there's there's. No measuring device that is big enough to measure the goodness of what he's getting ready to tell us about. There's just, there's no way to measure it. It is beyond human capacity with scientists, all scientific guys and geniuses. It's just beyond the capacity to measure this. It's just, oh, how good it is. Behold how good and uh, how pleasant it is. Now, you got to understand something. That, that is spectacular that he made such a statement there for us. There are some things that are good that are not pleasant. How many of you, it just brings you such great pleasure to have a filling in your tooth fixed? <laughs> oh, this is just... Oh, man, this is just pleasant. It's not pleasant. Is it good? It allows you to keep your teeth for a long time. Right? And there are some things that are pleasant that are not good. The Bible says there is pleasure in sin for a season. It has consequences, but it's going to come to an end. But here he is saying, I'm going to tell you guys about something. Here he says, behold stop and take notice. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Oh, well, you mean like just hanging out with a brother or something like that? You know, it's just like, no, you don't have a clue what I'm talking about. He says, this is beyond the capacity for you to measure how good this is, how good this is and and how pleasant it is and what it will do in you and what it will do in this world in which we live. He says, behold how good and pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. It it is like the precious ointment upon the head of, that, that anointing oil upon the head that ran down upon the the, the beard, even Aaron's beard, that, and I grew this just for this illustration here in the sermon, you know. He said, verse two, it is like the precious ointment. This unity is like the precious ointment. That anointing oil upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirt of his garments they went down to the hem of, of my blue jeans it's talking about here you know and and this anointing uh ointment here this was something they did for prophets and they did for priests and they did for kings they anointed them well let's continue on in verse three and it says as the dew and here we're still talking about how good and how, how pleasant this thing is, you know, for brethren to dwell together in unity. And it says, talking about unity as the dew of Hermon, you know, Mount Hermon, as the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion for there the Lord, for there in this place called unity, for, uh, there the Lord commanded commanded there in this place of unity the lord commanded the blessing wow even life forevermore now let me read to you again out of the new Living translation which is the one i i read out of most of the time and i compare it with others and with the greek and with the hebrew and things like that but it says here in psalms 133 verse 1 it says how wonderful this is so wonderful, how, how wonderful it's so wonderful you, you can't count how wonderful it is. How wonderful he's talking about how amazing and astonishing how 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 breathtaking, fantastic, majestic, how superb that's what he's saying here. How wonderful. And pleasant. Oh, oh, this is agreeable. Oh, this is ple oh, this is agreeable. It's enjoyable. That this is pleasing. Oh, oh, oh This satisfies. Like nothing I've ever had. And he says, how wonderful and pleasant when brothers and sisters, when brothers, this is talking about believers, followers of Jesus. How wonderful and pleasant when brothers and sisters, they, they live together in harmony, in unity, in, in agreement, in, in one accord. How wonderful it is. How, how pleasant it is. How, how good it is. What well, we were reading to you a while ago and pleasant. Oh, and then he goes on to say, verse 2, For harmony, harmony. we read in the King James, this is unity, where we're in one accord together. This harmony, for harmony is as precious as the anointing oil. This extraordinarily fragrant, very costly anointing oil. And, And there were certain ingredients that put in uh, to the anointing oils that were not allowed to be used for anything else than to anoint a, a king or a priest or or somebody a prophet, and you you couldn't use it. And, and the prices of many of these spices was astronomical, and to get the combinations together, the, it, it was it was the most fragrant, the, the 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 most wonderful odors that you could possibly imagine. And he says here in verse 2 for harmony is as precious as this anointing off that nobody but a king or a priest could even find the recipe for or afford to pull it together for a noble purpose. He said, for harmony is as precious, it is so valuable. As the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head. It was poured over Aaron's head and then it ran down his beard and on to the borders of his robe. Now I thought about bringing my bathrobe and preaching in my bathrobe, but my bathrobe only comes to here. And I'm sure the robes they're talking about, they came down to here. They covered the whole body. And that is very, very significant here. You know, the the anointing oil that was poured upon Aaron's head, same oil that was poured upon Aaron, a priest's head, the same same anointing oil that was on the head Ran down the beard. It dripped down on the garments. Went down to the hem of the... Same oil on the head was the same anointing oil that was on the hem of his garment. Now, who is the head of the church? Jesus Christ. Do you know what the word Christ means? Anointed. He was anointed. Christ. Jesus was anointed for a purpose. And he is the head of the church and and the Holy Spirit, Papa God, the Father who anointed Christ for this wonderful, fantastic task to be our Savior and to work all these miraculous things in this world to to bring us to him. The same anointing that is upon the head of the church who is Jesus is the same anointing that is on the hymn on the, the person who got saved this morning first time they don 't know anything about the Bible, but the same anointing that is upon the head is upon the the what you might would think is the least member of the body of Christ, or the youngest member someone who doesn 't serve in as a wonderful area as you do but they do serve the same anointing that's upon the head he's telling us that anointing ran down the head ran down the beard ran down the garments and it ran down on the hem and i'm sure it dripped onto his sandals as well and and it touched the bottoms of his feet uh, listen what he says here psalms 133 How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters, they live together in harmony. Verse 2, for harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head that ran down his beard and onto the borders of his robe. Wow. Wow. Same anointing. On the head is on the 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 least important parts that you might think were the least important, same anointing oil that's very valuable, very costly, very fragrant, same anointing oil went over the whole body, and the anointing oil again, the anointing, not just the oil, the anointing that was on Christ Jesus, is upon you if you're a believer, if you're a follower of Jesus. The same anointing, that's why Jesus said greater things you will do than he did when he was on this earth. He said that right in the book. Have you ever read something like that? Where Jesus says greater works you would do than he did here? She's like, no way. Yes way. Because he said it. I believe it. Because that anointing, he he was anointed and he's passed that anointing over to you and to me when we're in Harmony. This harmony, this, this, you know, being united together, there is something precious and, and valuable and powerful about being in harmony that's just absolutely fantastically amazing. And he says here, harmony is as refreshing as what? It's refreshing as dew. Does anybody, I'm losing my microphone here just a second. Does anybody know what this is? What kind of dew? Mountain dew. Dew. Just things I have to do (laughs) to be a preacher. Oh, man. Wow. It's bubbly. Man, woo! It's pretty sweet too. <clears throat> oh I wake up yet. Verse three says, "Harmony, harmony, unity. When we're in one accord, when we're praying together, when we're thinking the same way, because we're reading the same book." When we are together in in harmony in one accord, it says here in 3, verse 3, Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from where? Mount Hermon that falls on what? The mountains of Zion. This is mountain dew I'm talking about. Oh, we're just reading about it here. Mount Hermon. He says it's refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon and that falls upon the mountains of Zion. This is mountain dew. <laughs> At least that's what it says on the bottle. Okay. Harmony is as refreshing ah, whew, as the dew from Mount Hermon that f- falls on the mountains of Zion. You gotta understand that dew was life-giving to the arid land there. There's a lots of mountains that would have been no life, no, no greenery. I think that's kind of like maybe what I'm seeing on these mountains over here beside us. Up from the walls there, I don't see much green. I don't see no lakes or streams or ponds or nothing over there. And you know, we're understanding that this is a very arid, a very dry and somewhat desolate mountains here. And I've been reading that there are some areas in our world, in our United States, the only moisture the plant ever gets and the only moisture that the animals and insects ever gets And in those particular areas is a moisture that comes from dew. There's no rainfall in certain areas. Wow. I was thinking about that. so I started looking it up. Started studying this thing and and, and researching it. Dew. Dew is, is liquid water. Not frozen, but dew is liquid water droplets that form on grass or spider webs. Or other things in the early morning. Y'all ever seen the dew on grass? You ever seen the dew hanging on a spider web? And you can see it because it's got dew on it. You know, I had dew all over my feet this morning when Susan and I took off up the mountain, you know. And and uh, there's conditions that must be met. But it says that dew is liquid water droplets that form on grass. Spiderwebs and other things in the early morning or late evening. Dew only forms under certain conditions. If if a warm, clear day is followed by a cool, clear evening, dew will likely form. Wow. There's conditions it causes dew. And apparently there's a, these conditions were often met on Mount Hermon and on Mount Zion. Now... I've done a little bit of research in the area of survival and lifting off the land and, and just being dropped in somewhere and being able to live and just continue to live. And, and, off, and one thing I have discovered in areas where there is no water, and if, if you think about what we just read, you can survive off a of dew. And if, if you have a, a, the right kind of a towel, these old chamois, you ever seen any old chamois? cloths and all that, they, they absorb a lot but if you don't have one you can use a cotton t-shirt and in the early morning the late you know uh, morning or, or the, the late evening you can f- take your chamois or you can take a towel or your t-shirt and you can just rub it f- all over the grasses or the leaves and, and the branches of trees and you can absorb so much water and you can wring it out by the quartz There's places where do, and you've probably walked outside before and your shoes was soaked. You know, and if if you had on sneakers that weren't waterproof, your socks were soaked too. But in the morning, you can take a a t-shirt, you know, preferably a clean one if you're going to drink it, you know. But any water is better than no water. And you rub it on the grasses, and you wring it out into your canteen or a pot or a bowl or whatever. You keep rubbing it, and you wring it out, and you rub it, and you you wring it out, and you just... And you can absorb so much water that comes from dew. And there are many plants that have never seen a drop of rain, and the only way they survive is the dew that collects on them. And animals eat those plants that are covered in dew in the mornings and late in the evenings... On Mount Hermon, the dew, and this is my research, the dew is very copious. It, it's, it's very profuse. The dew is abundant. The, the dew is plentiful. That's what I'm talking about. Well, you, you, you think about this. With this dew, even in dry weather, their tents, of the people who camp in those areas, Their tents were as wet as if it had rained the whole night long. Because the the dew, the temperatures and the way they do that. And the dew hits their tents just like it had rained the whole night long. And it's dripping off the edges of their tent. And they can be collecting that if they want to. The dew was the agent of renewal, refreshment, and a fertilizing Force because it hits the 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 uh the soils and the water from the dew dissolves the soils and causes them to be easier absorbed by the plants as a fertilizer and, and so forth and the dew refreshes the thirsty ground and it quickly revives the vegetation do we ever need a reviving to take place in our own lives do we need a revival in our nation? And we need a revival in our own hearts? Now, with, with this in mind, let, let me read this verse one more time. Verse 3. Harmony? Oh, it's good and it's pleasant. It is so precious. It is. And verse 3 says, harmony is as refreshing as the dew. It's as refreshing as the dew, and without the dew, the plants on these mountains would die. And the animals would die, or they would find another mountain, because they can move. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew for Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. And there, where? In that place called Harmony. And there, in that place called Harmony, the Lord has pronounced... Is blessing. Are you doing all that you can do to live in a place called harmony? Are you because that's where God is. He is pronouncing in the King James. It says He commanded a blessing. And so if you're striving to be in harmony with your family and with those in your sphere of influence, you are doing everything you can do that y'all can be in harmony together. He says that's the place where God pronounces and he commands a blessing on you. Here's the place where God commands a blessings. It's when we're in harmony. If two of you agree you're in harmony on this earth concerning anything you ask, it shall be done of my Father. In heaven, Jesus said, and he's going to command his blessing upon you when you're in this place called harmony. And the devil does his darndest to bring chaos and confusion. He surely don't like the United States of America. And the devil is the one who is behind everything he can do to destroy it, to divide it, to turn. To People against people and get them to turn their backs on God and pursue evil and wicked kinds of things. The devil does not like the blessings of God to be poured out upon our nation. And that's why he's trying to bring division because God always pours out his blessing when there's harmony. Really? That's a good thing. we know that. That's fantastic that we, we know this. And there the Lord has pronounced his blessing, even life everlasting. Now, would you want to be the last person on the earth? No? Some of you are thinking, well, if everybody's kicking the bucket, I don't mind being the last one to kick it, you know? Some some of us, but the truth of it is, you know, even if we like the idea, well, I'm going to be the last one standing then, it, it wouldn't be good for us. Listen to what the Bible says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. It says, and the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. That's why solitary confinement in prison is pretty much the worst punishment. Solitary confinement for you, buddy. Nobody to talk to. Nobody to talk to you. Uh, you know, you're just on your own. You're all alone. It's a pretty bad punishment. And all oh, how it got. It, during this pandemic, senior citizens in and, and nursing homes and in hospital rooms and, and in their own home and nobody could come and f- visit them In a hospital or somewhere like that, they'd have a nurse who would come once in a a while or in a nursing home, but they didn't have an abundance of visitation. It was only from a medical professional, and they couldn't get together with people who loved them and who they loved. and it was pretty difficult. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but it, it still is to some degree. Some people just don't get out and can't really get out. And, and just to be on their own and all alone is pretty torturous, but god he has promised to pronounce and the command a blessing on us when we 're in harmony when we 're in unity that 's what he he tells us well, Jesus is going to continue on he 's going to pray right here in John chapter seventeen and he 's praying to his father in john seventeen eleven Jesus is praying and he says Now I'm departing from the world. Papa God, I'm departing from this world. I've paid for the sins. I've died on the cross. I've risen from the dead. Now I'm departing from the world. And they're they're staying, my disciples and my followers, those who believe in me, they're staying in the world. But Papa, I'm departing. I'm coming home. But all my followers, they're staying here in the world, but but I'm coming to you, Holy Father. You have given me your name. You've given me your name. Oh, and now protect them by the power of your name. Protect off the followers and all the believers, all those who are united around your name. And they're reading your book and they're applying those things. Protect them, Father. Father. You have given me your name, now protect them. You have given me your name, now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. Father God, so says Jesus in his prayer, would you cause them to be united the same way you and I are united? They're one. Jesus father the son and the holy spirit they are one it ain't like a kid goes and says hey hey, daddy can I do this and so no you can't do that and the kid runs into the other room and says hey mama can I do such and so yeah you can do that they're not one they're not thinking alike this is bringing about division in the household you see you'll never do that because whatever papa God says that's what Jesus says that's what the holy spirit says anyhow where was I at? Y'all remember? Verse 17, 11. Okay. So they that they will be united just as we are. Let's go over to verse 20. Jesus goes on. He's still praying. He says, I am praying not only for these disciples. I'm not only praying for the disciples that follow me around and, and that accepted me and they begin to follow me around with the other 12. He says I'm, I'm praying not only for these disciples but also for all now what percentage is that? Do you think that 100% includes me? Do you think that 100% includes you? He says I'm praying not only for these disciples but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. Jesus was praying for me. He was praying for each one of you. And he was praying for each one of you guys. At this time, he said, Father, make them one. The same way we are one. And protect them, Father God. So what are you saying? And verse 21 goes on to say, I pray that they will all be one. That they will be in harmony. They will be unified just as you and I are one, Father. Father. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us, in in, in this relationship, in a relationship with us, so that the world will believe you sent me. Miraculous power released right here. When Christians, believers, followers of Christ are united, because they got the same book. And they they understand there is only one Savior of the world. There's only one way to get to heaven. And Jesus says, I am the the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. That's in John 14. Anybody know? Verse 6. Look, Jesus says, I'm the way. There's not another way. There's nothing wrong with making a, a true statement. You know, oh, there's lots of other ways. No, no, Jesus, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father in heaven except through me. That's what Jesus said. Anyhow, he says right here in verse 22, I have given them the glory, uh, the honor that, that you gave me. So they may be one as we are one. Believers can be united. They can be in harmony Truly, brothers and sisters in Christ, God, the same heavenly father makes us family. And he says here in verse 22, I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I am in them. I'm in a relationship with them and you are in me. And they were in a fantastic relationship. May they experience such perfect unity. That was Jesus' prayer that you and I would experience perfect unity. And and we know unity brings about the anointing, the the anointing uh, uh, upon men, women, boys, and girls. Unity is like the doof that only God can create. Man can't create do. God created the dew that ran down the mountains and it just ran down and ran down and ran down until it was enough to create a little trickle and a, a little stream and it ran onto the ocean and it watered stuff as it was going down. Uh, unity uh, is like the dew. It's, it's good and it's precious and it's so valuable and, and it's like the dew and it's like the anointing oil and and Jesus is saying, oh, Papa God, I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity. Because that's where God commands. That's where he pronounces a blessing when you and I are in unity. When you don't get along with your family, you do have the kind of blessings in your household that you could have. That's just the truth of it. Whether we like it or not, when we can strive for unity and harmony in our households, You're going to have blessings that have been commanded and pronounced upon you because you're in harmony and you work toward it and you strive for that unity because God blesses you, he refreshes you, he revives you when you're in unity. It's like the the dew, it revives and refreshes and it's life-giving. It's like the anointing of God, the same anointing that's on Jesus is upon you when you're in this place called harmony. Harmony. He goes on to say here in verse 23, well, let me read it, verse 23. I am in them and you are in me and may they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me. <sighs> that the world may know that you sent me. When you and I are in harmony, the world's gonna know. And then I'm gonna read you a spectacular, hard to believe, hard to grasp it as a truth, a passage. It's life changing. Let me start over in verse 23. I am in them and you are in me. And may they experience such perfect unity. That the world will know that you sent me. And that the world may know that you love them as much as you love me. Wow. Jesus said, I want the world to know, and when we're in unity, they will know this, that Father God loves them as much as he loved me, Jesus, his only begotten son. And if you ever feel unloved, you gotta understand, the Bible says, Jesus said that the Father in heaven, he loves you as much as he loved his son, Jesus. Not just what he loves you, maybe a little bit less, or he just kind of loves you. Jesus says that when people begin to recognize that Father God loves them as much as they loved his son Jesus, it's, it's a life changer. It's like, are you sincere about, he, he loves me that much? He, he, he really cares about every detail of my life? That's a game changer in so many people's lives. It really is. You know, an army, an army that's in harmony can do what many independent individuals can never, ever do or accomplish. See, unity increases power. When you're united, it increases power. I read years ago about this big ship that had come into the harbor, and it tied up on this big dock, and it was a busy dock. People going everywhere, other ships around and all that, you know. And uh, you ever see where they take the rope? There's one on the front of the ship, and one on the back, and they'll throw it ashore there, and they'll hook it on a big old post or something or and And, uh, yep, they'll tie it just like that, you know. And then as other ships are coming and waves are coming in, the big old ship, it just kind of slaps the dock, you know, just kind of rolling with the waves. It slaps against the dock, slaps against the dock, you know. It's kind of a thing you see, small boats do the exact same thing, you know. But all these people going around, and there was a a young person who fell off of the dock, in between the dock and the ship. And those who were with this young person began to scream and holler, and it was deep to, to get down there to them and and the ship had been slapping up against the dock, and the dock went straight down. It wasn't just a top, and then a couple, it, it, it had a, a surface all the way down into the water, and the ship would crush anything between it, and the person began to holler, and people from all around in the community areas there began to rush over there, and the first person that was there stood as close as they could to the edge of the dock, and they reached out, and they put their hands and the ship would push them, and it would you know, tried to come and, and, and another person came right beside it and another person and it seemed like it might have been a hundred people who stood on the edge of the dock and they were pushing and, and pushing together and they held the ship so it could not slap the dock while somebody else jumped in and working with others, they rescued the young person and they got them out of the water and when they all turned loose, the ship continued to slap up against the dock united. There was power to hold back tons and tons and tons of steel in this ship when they were united together. And what happens when you and I are united together? You ever hear of them guys uh, I think it's in the Bible somewhere there. Let me see where was it at? Three uh, Three Musketeers No they weren't in the Bible. I read about them. I saw a movie about them three musketeers. And they're pretty cool. They had swords and they worked and they were always saving people who was in distress. And they had a motto. One for all and all for one. I mean, you're talking about what a powerful team because they functioned as one. There was power because they were united together. Uh, listen to what it says here in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. It says, Since God chose you to be the holy people that he loves, and he loves you as much as he loves his son Jesus, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience and, and make allowance for each other's faults. And we read this verse last week. But he says, you got to clothe yourselves with this mercy and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience and make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone. Now, what percentage is anyone? Forgive 100% of the people who offend you. Uh, When you make allowance for other people's faults, that inspires unity. When you forgive people when they've really offended you, that promotes harmony. It promotes unity when you just forgive them. And he says, remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And in verse 14 says, above all, clothe yourselves with love. Love for God and love for one another, which it binds, it joins, it connects us all together in perfect. Harmony. It says, clothe yourselves above all, clothe yourselves with love. Let me see if I got something to clothe myself with here. Nah. <laughs> this is my favorite blanket. It really is. It's a wool blanket, 100% wool blanket, but it's a soft wool blanket. And when my grandkids come up and we get out on the grass and I teach them a little skills and things like that, we'll put our blanket out on the grass. We'll all sit on it, and we've gone to an abandoned beach somewhere. We'll throw it out on the sand and we'll sit there and sometimes we'll lay down on that thing as it's getting dark at night and we're watching shooting stars. But it's a great big old blanket. So I'm going to use this to clothe myself with, Okay. Awesome. Wonderful. Now Susan likes this blanket too. We've done some little videos from time to time and I'm looking over there at Susan and it's really kind of windy maybe a little misty and you can't see her because she's doing like this. <laughs> am I telling the truth? I am telling the truth. I got the videos to prove it. Anyhow, clothe yourselves with love. Now, let's see here. You know what I have here on my finger? That's a sheep hair. We call it wolf. Can this piece of wool keep you warm? Here it goes. There it goes. It landed. Somebody told me last night, well, it might keep an ant warm. That's what they told me. And it might, you know. But I'm not sure if it would. But when you've got thousands of pieces of wool connected, united, they're in harmony. It can keep me warm. And you got to understand something. Way back years ago, our forefathers... Your forefathers, my forefathers, they came to these lands in Arctic conditions, and they didn't have the fancy fibers and sleeping bags and equipment that we have nowadays. But what all of our forefathers used was a wool blanket. And if you know how to fold a wool blanket, and you know how to pile it on some green boughs, or you know how to pile it on some dried leaves and all, and a lot of all of our forefathers that survived. When they were traveling through the wilderness, they had to keep warm, and they used wool. They used a wool blanket and all these pieces of wool woven together, and, and, and wool is something God created, ain't it? It would keep man alive, and it did, because they were united. There was power to keep you alive. There was a blessing commanded when you got a hold of a wool blanket that was all connected to each other. And although a lot of people don't like the wool blankets no more because they've been kind of itchy, but this one's a soft wool blanket. But there's other products as, as well. And lots of times, people in this day and time, they would go for something like this. I don't know if you have any clue what this might be made out of. you tell me to get down on stage? Just Down feathers and goose down will one goose down feather will it keep you warm no No, but when it is connected with thousands of others every once in a while I have a little leak there's two little leaks in my jacket somewhere that's a piece of down right there. You can tell because it's going down. <laughs> but you take those pieces of down that are just so delicate, and you can survive the arctic conditions when they're connected. And they're all connected together. And, and this little jacket right here has kept me warm. There's nothing more than what I'm wearing right now. has kept me warm when it was around 7 degrees outside, you know? It's like, are you? I'm telling you the truth. See there, There's power when there's unity, when there's harmony, and when we work together, it genuinely changes things. It really, really does. And our time is getting away from us here. And if, on my mountain, we used to go up on our mountain and take our staff and other people, and uh, we would use this rope was one of them. This is just a mountain climbing rope, you know? And uh, a mountain climbing rope ain't nothing but thread. It's Just a bunch of pieces of thread. And I kind of got it wound up here and I got it all tangled up and all. And I don't know if any of you guys remember one of the first times we were promoting and asking for ushers to help us in our church? Does anybody remember what Tony Hodge did? What did he do? He He repelled... well, using this rope he hooked it to him and he belayed himself with a harness and a figure eight and he rappelled down with a suit on. When he got to the bottom he was saying, we would like you to join our usher team. You know, we have a video around. But you couldn't have done it on one of the threads in here but all these threads that are connected together it makes them powerful. Powerful and and you can scale mounds with them. You can do all kinds of things because they're well connected together. That's what I'm talking about. And uh, our time is just about getting away from us. Let me see if I can do this real quickly. These here are toothpicks. Susan picked them up for me last night. And I promise you, I will break them. I've got several boxes of these things. We're going to be here for a while because I promised I was going to break them. You believe I can break them? How? One at a time. But what happens when they're united? There is strength. There is power. And when you and your family are in unity or in harmony. And when we as followers of Christ are united in harmony and we will not allow the enemy of our soul to bring division in, there is a power, a miraculous power that is released when we are united, when we're in harmony together. It's important, husbands and and wives and families, where you pray together and you believe God together because there is a strength that is found there. They can't be found anywhere else and the enemy of our soul, if he can isolate us, piece of cake to break us. Piece of cake. But when we are united together, we're unbreakable. Does that make sense? Well, I still got bags of stuff up here, so we're going to have to talk about that some other time, I suppose. But let's pray, because we have another service in a few minutes, don't we? Would you bow your heads with me? as we pray together. and Susan, would you join me up here? And so many of you who come on a regular basis, you know what I want to do. Just quick prayer. Just a very quick prayer. And what I want to do is that uh, we can reaffirm our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And to reaffirm our faith is just kind of like renewing your wedding vows, you know? It's just like... You know you're married, but you love each other, and you're just going to renew your vows. And when we reaffirm our faith, and if you've already made that vow to Christ, you're just reaffirming that to him. But there are some people who don't know Christ as of yet, and we would ask you, whether you're in this building or whether you're watching us online, would you declare your faith, maybe for the very first time. We did that at once upon a time. And now as we reaffirm our faith, for those who already know Christ, would you declare your faith? And just join us as we pray together. And I'd ask you to pray, whether here or wherever you might be, just to pray it out loud. So would you join me as we pray together right now? Dear Heavenly Father. Dear Heavenly Father. I believe that you love me. I believe that you love me. That's why you sent your son Jesus. That's why you sent your son Jesus. And he gave his life for me. And he gave his life for me. On that cross. On that cross. To wash my sins away. To wash my sins away. And I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. And I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. And he's knocking at the door of my heart. And he's knocking at the door of my heart. And I open wide that door. And I open wide that door. And I welcome Jesus. And I welcome Jesus. Into my life. Into my life. As my Savior. As my Savior. As my Lord. As my Lord. And as my King. And as my King. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.